so I'm recording now, and uh, uh, before we actually get started, uh, it's Gene Hauser, right? Yes. And and what's the name of your stores? The Color House. The Color House. And uh, you have, uh, where's your main location? So I would say the Color House from where? North Kingstown, Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Okay. So just as prep, uh, honestly, these are really easy for me. I've spoken to just so many dealers over the course of my life and and it'll be easy for you too. I don't even think we need any prep because this is just going to be you talking about your business. And uh, so I'll ask you a handful of questions and, you know, we'll, uh, I I really want to just basically cover two topics, a little bit of the history of the color house and you and who you are. And that includes your relationships with all pro or Ben Moore or anybody you feel like talking about. And then I want to spend some of that time talking about what's changed for you guys in the last six weeks or so. Okay, perfect. And that's basically it. So uh, any questions? No questions. Hey everyone, welcome to Mark My Words, the only podcast for independent paint and hardware retailers. I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hey everyone, it's Mark. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, Later in the episode, I have Gene Hauser of The Color House in North Kingston, Rhode Island joining me. Uh, Jean is terrific. She's a great dealer. She's got five stores all in Rhode Island. Uh, Very successful. She's got a really interesting business. She goes from DIY and designer business all the way across the spectrum through the residential repaint and has now recently added very heavy industrial to her business and has started to work with some of the main industrial players, Carbaline and, and PPG and Tanemic. So a really different segment of the business and a really interesting story. But one of the reasons why I wanted to have Jean on is is really the sort of traditional uh, paint portion of her business is doing very well right now. And I, I wanted you guys to hear uh, why that is. And part of that is, of course, because uh, she's in a, a, a part of the country that has not been as affected as badly as uh, other parts in the coronavirus outbreak. And so they've had a little bit of luck there. They've been able to stay open. She has not had uh, any time closed. But here's here's the the thing, the the connection to all the other stores that I know that are successful right now, irrelevant of where they are in the United States. The stores that I know that are successful right now all have a couple of things in common with Gene. They are all using social media to reach the DIY consumer. They are all making uh, their products available through some sort of e-commerce or some sort of other touch-free system, even if it's just switching over to making all your business over the telephone. But, but that has problems associated with it, and it requires a lot of labor, as I'm sure a lot of you are discovering right now. Uh, the volume of phone calls requires people to answer them. And so the, the retailers that are engaging in e-commerce and using social media to support that e-commerce, those retailers are succeeding right now. And if you're a retailer that's in a part of the country where uh, it has been particularly hard hit by the coronavirus outbreak, if you are a retailer that has a very strong position in the residential repaint market, which depending on where you are in the United States is down between 10 and 90% 
If you're one of those retailers, you need other parts of your business to support you for the next two, three, four, maybe as many as six quarters until we start to come out of this economically. Obviously, we're, we're sort of turning the lights back on and a lot of parts of the country are starting to reopen again. And, and, and obviously, that's terrific to see uh, for all of us. I, I hope we're all able to do it safely. But listen, we all need to get back to work. But but I don't have the sense that just turning the lights back on are going to bring the customers back in. I think that retailers need to understand that we are all much smaller than we were uh, just six weeks ago. And if we want that back, we're going to have to take it from other segments. And, and so if you did not have a significant presence in the DIY segment, this is your opportunity for very small investments in a very short amount of time. Uh, you can put up an e-commerce site that can handle this. You can uh, bring on somebody to handle your social media that can drive that business to your e-commerce site. And, and you're going to need that. And that money, th those higher margins from those retail sales, those are all going to be able to keep you going while you're waiting for the residential repaint business to come back. And then, of course, when the residential repaint business does come back, guess what? You get to keep all of those extra DIY sales that you've added, and you're going to find yourself on the other side of this uh, experience with the coronavirus outbreak you're going to find yourself on the other side of this with a much better business. And that's what I want for all of you. So thanks very much for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe and, and give Gina a listen. She's got some really good advice for you. So, hey, everyone, I'm here with Gene Hauser. Gene is from The Color House in North Kingston, Rhode Island. Gene, how are you this morning? I'm fine. Thank you. And so just as we were setting up for this, you were about to tell me a story about uh, your experiences with All Pro. Why don't you finish that up now that I got the recording going? So as I said, All Pro has been a very positive experience for me regarding, most importantly, the networking aspect and and meeting colleagues in the in the area that have been really forthcoming with information, helping me grow my business in areas that were weak. Um, sharing how they do things, which I think is one of the, the aspects that most dealers really appreciate the most as being an all pro member. You know, I always found I was I was always impressed when I went to those shows and I was a member for about 15 or 16 years. And I was always impressed when I went to those shows, how willing people were to speak to me about things that I, I think most people would consider private uh, financial Correct. decisions that they make and decisions that they make regarding employees or 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 how they set up their business. And and for some reason in that group, they're always willing just to open up. And I always found that that made me a better retailer. Yes, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. So my situation is a little bit, you know, different than most dealers. The Color House was my late husband's family's business that was started in uh, the mid-1960s. And what was great when my husband passed away about four and a half years ago is I really had some strong people who stood behind me in all pro other other members other dealers who who really helped and, and were there for me to uh to help me learn the things i didn't know right um, and and i'm i'm sorry for your loss obviously tell me was were you involved in the business when your husband was alive or was this a whole new yes. venture for you no i was involved i was involved for the whole time we were for about 20 years mm -hmm. Right out of college, right before we were married, I got involved with growing the design side of the business. And then we just got married and I stayed on. He he took ownership 
in the, I would say, mid to late 90s from his father. And then we just opened a third store together. And um, then when he passed away, I uh, purchased a fourth from an existing uh, dealer in Rhode Island who was also an all-pro member and just opened my fifth about a, about a month ago. Oh, um, wow. A couple how, weeks. And how, how about the timing on that one? Right. Yes. Could not have been better. <laughs> right. And did you have any thoughts at that point of, of pulling the plug and not moving forward or what made you so never. confident? I never had thoughts of not pulling, the, of, of not doing it. So what um, made you so I, confident, Jean? Well, I just felt that we were going to get over, you know, COVID was eventually going to decline. And I felt that the market was, was excellent where I put the fifth location, um, and it was, you know, the wheels were turning. So for me to pull the plug would have just been not really a choice, right. to be honest. I did open it a month later than I intended to um, due to COVID. But it's still, you know, it's up, it's running, it's it's slow out of the gate, unfortunately, because the plaza it's in has had no traffic. The state has recently reopened. So hopefully that will change soon. But, you know, I, I don't regret it. And I think it's going to be positive and, and really be a star, hopefully sooner rather than later. I, I hope so for you. And and so I, I do want, as I talked about uh, when we were prepping, I want to spend some of our time talking about how the uh, coronavirus outbreak has affected you. But before we do that, I'd love to hear just a little bit more about your uh, business. So I know now that you have five stores, uh, you've opened, it sounds like three of them yourself. Is that right? No, two of them myself. You opened two of them one yourself. One was an acquisition. One was an acquisition, an existing uh, Benjamin Moore dealer in Rhode Island. I purchased his store about two years ago. And so and- I'm curious. Uh, so now you've had both experiences. You've opened up a store from scratch and you've purchased an existing store. Uh, if you were looking to expand further or if you were talking to dealers who uh, who were looking to expand now, which would you say is the easier uh, direction to go? They both have their pluses and minuses, but I would say starting scratch, I would I would prefer moving forward. The acquisition, um, you know, comes with a lot of things that have to be cleaned up, and right, yeah, it's it's really kind of six of one, half dozen of another. But I, I did learn a lot of important lessons with the acquisition, so I can't say it was bad. You know, I just think they're both learning opportunities, just different types. Well, one of the things that I learned from uh, selling my stores is is that uh, acquiring, or I should say transitioning paint stores is generally speaking only good from one side of the transaction. <laughs> in, in my experience from, from the dealers that I know, the, the buyer is always happy and the seller is always unhappy. Yes, I, um, there's probably some truth to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially because the person that I purchased it from, you know, it was really his baby. It was a tough, tough thing for him to give out. But I, I respect that. Right. And, you know. And so tell me a little bit about your business itself. What makes up your business? Are you just a, a, a paint business or are you a DIY paint store? Are you a commercial paint store? Tell me what it is that uh, that I could expect if I was standing in a color house. So we're all of the above. We're DIY and commercial. I've just recently opened up um, industrial sales. I've just recently received my WBE certification as a woman-owned business enterprise. Oh, good for you. Which is very positive for me. I'm the only certified supplier who's WBE in the state of Rhode Island. Oh, wow. What an opportunity that should be for you. Right. Yes, that's been a great opportunity. And, and, and um, so let's talk about that. Who were you using for your industrial coatings? What did you add? I added PPG, Carboline, uh, Tenemic. So they're all 
all lines that I have the opportunity to, you know, to purchase and, and supply for depending on what the situation is. And, and it's very new for me. I've, I've brought someone in to, to lead that division. I've also um, brought on an outside sales rep, which is, to be honest, is something very new for the color house. We never had outside sales reps. But it's crucial, um, by the way, for industrial. In in my business in New York, we had a, a, a nice size con- industrial component. You have mm-hmm. to have somebody outside and, and they have to be selling it. Otherwise, it's going to get dusty. Absolutely. It's a whole separate division. of. I mean, it's a whole separate arm. It yes. does its own thing. And so that's really exciting. And that you know, has nothing but an uptick to it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, again, with the, the virus, things have kind of slowed down a bit, but I'm hoping they'll open back up and there'll be some great opportunity for me there as the supplier to supply not only paint, you know, coatings, but anything else, sundries and any other types of material that's necessary. So uh, when you were considering adding industrial, what else were you considering adding at the time? So I did um, look into lacquers, but that's something that, you know, I'm not ready to go there yet. There's just so much involved and and not only just product, but product knowledge. And um, so I'm not there yet. I think baby steps is probably good when it comes to that stuff. Also, storage, I think, is an issue, right? There's more investment needed when you're you're dealing with lacquers, right? That is correct. There's a lot that goes into it. So, you know, we'll see if that's in the future for me. I actually, at one of the All Pro shows, I did go to a um, seminar about lacquers, I forget where we were and just realized how how much is involved, which made me hit the pause button. <laughs> right, right. It's a big opportunity. It is a big opportunity. And if you talk to the lacquer people, they will tell you just, just about every uh, uh, major, particularly the urban areas uh, where storage of uh, materials like that are a problem. They, a lot of these companies have problems getting their products into these cities. And so there are big opportunities. I would encourage you not to throw that one uh, in the garbage. Right, right. We'll see. You know, like I said, baby steps, right. one thing at a time. Right. And so how about the rest of your business? So the industrial is is one thing that you're adding and, and your DIY business looks like what? What lines do you have? And So Benjamin Moore is the only line I have, which is on my showroom. And of course, aside from, you know, other smaller, you know, Zinsser products right. and Rust-Oleum and things like that. So Benjamin Moore is my main line. That's all I have on my showrooms. And um, my DIY is, is has always been positive. The Color House really for years and years kind of um, centered around DIY. The commercial has, has gotten stronger um, contractors within the last few years, like I think anyone has because more people are hiring contractors to do their work. So that's completely right. normal. I have a very robust contractor following, which is which is great. But for me, especially in what's happening right now, um, I was one of the first people to get involved with the e-commerce site. And that was a game changer for me, I believe, with COVID. And I have seen an uptick with the DIY recently. And I, and I joke, you know, I got on board with the e-commerce a while ago. How long I, have you been with it? I would say I've been with it almost almost two years. Okay. I did, I built the new website and then put the Shopify on there with the whole platform and it was very slow. It'd be here and there. And, you know, unfortunately it took a pandemic to really make it just robust. It has been a game changer. So I think anyone in this day and age, really, aside from that, you know, the social media and having a strong social media platform, I did um, bring on a, a marketing director who is a young, young kid straight out of college with a marketing degree who's really hungry and wants to learn. And I've had to guide him along the way, but it takes a lot off my plate. He's doing a great job. He has fresh eyes and 
really understands the algorithms of things like Facebook and social media stuff that's, you know, completely <laughs> out of my pay grade. Right. That has been a very worthy investment for me and has really helped the color house to get that DIY business. And now uh, in this environment, and I do think my own opinion is we're going to be in a place that looks like this for a while. What what mm-hmm. sort of percent of this we, we have and that we're forced to live with, I'm obviously not sure. But I, I think consumers are going to start looking at leaving their house with some sort of risk associated with it. And so every time they can avoid doing that, uh, if they can get their paint online and have the experience that they're looking for, I I think that they're going to do that. If you're willing to drop it off on their doorstep and you can save them one person that they have to deal with, I I think that that's an advantage. And I think some of the research is is starting to show that. Right, right. I I agree. I I really am surprised at how much it's being used right now. It's it's every day. It's constant. They're coming. You You wake up and you'll see the orders. They're already on there. People... You know, and it's a very easy platform. People just choose which store they want and they can click. And we actually, right when Corona hit, we went on and added to the sundries because we only had like a handful because, you know, we, we started it. It was a launch. It wasn't really getting a lot of attention. So we had a handful of sundries and we had like one paintbrush and we, we couldn't keep the paint. <laughs> it was the only option. So we had to kind of add quite a few more SKUs. And that's it's just been great. I can't say enough good things. So uh, tell me, Jean, what was involved in making that decision and in, in, in installing that system? So for me, it was a simple solution. I, you know, I'm friends with Kelly Scott, who is who built it for me. Right. And she was at the beginning of it. She showed it to me and I just felt like it was something moving forward that you were going to need and to have a paint store that was more current. I think in this day and age, you really do need to kind of step back from the mom and pop uh, type of platform and, and, and think out of the box and do something bigger because that's where, you know, consumers are going. So it just seemed fresh. It seemed new. It seemed exciting. And um, again, I, I'm fortunate I, I pulled the trigger on it. My, the website also was very old for the color house and stale and needed to to be refreshed. So I did both of those at the same time. Right. And, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that's uh, changed just in America in general about how people find their paint stores. When I first got into the business, uh, it was very typical for people to just be walking uh, down the street on the weekend in front of one of our stores and they would see it. And then they would remember for maybe the next time they needed paint, or maybe they would even come in that day. But uh, right. in, th- in this day and age when everybody's driving and not just driving, but destination driving, nobody's getting in their car and saying, let me drive around my town and see where all the paint stores are. They're getting in their car and they're going to the one spot they need to go to. And so dealers have lost that opportunity to get in front of a prospective customer. And and so one of the things I'm always sharing with dealers, and, and I think you're telling me that that there's a lot of validity here is you've got to find another way to get in front of them. And social media is one way to do that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And that's something that, you know, I'm doing even more of now, just making sure it's current, making sure every week we're, we're putting things on Instagram and, and Facebook and keeping our stuff fresh. And, um, it's, I think, so important. I, I I rarely do any type of print now. It's so rare. Right. And so if yeah. a if a retailer wanted to take a look at at uh, what you guys are doing on social media, uh, how can they find you? You are on Facebook. You're on Instagram. Yes. 
and Pinterest. And, and, and Pinterest. And so just retailers, right. if you're interested in learning about uh, what a good retailer is doing to use social media to grow their business, uh, because that's ultimately why you're doing this, obviously, then then take a look on Instagram and on Pinterest and on Facebook and find The Color House and you can see what Gene is up to. And, and so, Gene, we started talking about how uh, that e-commerce system has been so beneficial for you uh, since the COVID outbreak. Why don't we spend a little bit of time talking about what's changed in your lives uh, in the stores in the last few weeks? I, I know it's been significant. Yeah. So I know every state has different parameters. So for us, it's no more than five people in the store. Um, at a time, you know, we're all, all of my staff is wearing masks. We're making sure that we're cleaning on a regular basis. And then as far as contractors and, and customers are concerned, you know, everyone's different. We, we have not closed our stores at all because we're considered an essential business. So we've been very fortunate. Some people are comfortable coming in and, and going to the counter. And then a lot of other people will call and say, can you come out and put it in my trunk or, um, deliver it. So we're, we're really kind of a mix of, of whatever the customer or the contractor is comfortable with. Right. Um, not saying, no, you can't come in. We most definitely are following the regulations that, you know, you have to have a mask to be in our store. Right. Um, and, and anything that the state has put forth. So, you know, that's been a change for us, but, but like I said, we've been fortunate to be open the whole time. And, and, um, you know, for me, I, I just, I'm very blessed to have not had some of the the situations that I know other dealers are going through. Some dealers are really struggling around the United States. And it's interesting when, when this whole thing first started happening and I was speaking to retailers and I was hearing about, uh, you know, a lot of the struggles that are out there and I wasn't without data, I wasn't really sure what was going on. You just assume this is happening sort of to everybody, right? You see it in the newspaper, you know, it's, it's, uh, affecting the entire country. You figure all the paint dealers as well. But in fact, it's not affecting us all equally. The retailers that have a strong DIY business and the retailers that support that business with social media and an e-commerce platform, many of them are actually seeing very big increases. Yeah, that Yes. Yep. That is correct. Yeah. And, and so are you experiencing that? Have you had increases? I yeah, I have. Yes. Oh, that's fabulous. So, well, good I, for you. I'm really I, happy I, to hear that. I do feel it's correlated to the e-commerce and the, and the social media. It, there's just, you know, for, for the situation we're in, I think people, have, you know, they'll get on Google. They'll see what the options are. We come right up. They know we have the e-commerce. Plus, we're putting so many posts out. I just think we're getting the word out that we've been very good about, you know, saying what our hours are or saying that we're following CDC guidelines and, and just getting it in front of people via either Instagram or Facebook. And so um, do you have any sense of what percentage of your business now is coming through an, some sort of e-commerce or, or how it's being pushed through your social media? It's hard for me to say, you know, my contractors for the most part are still working. Some of them, and, and, and very busy, some of them had to um, put a hold on the interior jobs. The weather's just changing here in Rhode Island, but you know, people have just, it's been pretty steady with them. I, I have seen the uptick in the DIY, DIY via the e-commerce, but it's really hard for me to say how much right. with so many I can't really, you know. Right. And, and so talk to me a little bit about some of the marketing that you've done towards the professional uh, paint user. You said that in the last few years, that's been a segment of your business that's really grown. Can you talk a little bit about how you've been able to make that happen? 
So I wouldn't necessarily say I, I did a lot of marketing. We've mostly just spent a lot of time um, delving into what my prices are and being competitive and, and researching the market and not just my other Benmore dealers, but really like, you know, SW and Home Depot, and what are they doing and going in and price shopping and, you know, doing the research to make sure that I'm very competitive. And, and that's really what I think has been the change for me. I've also had programs where my managers are reaching out to contractors directly, letting them know what we're doing, what's different. Hey, if you haven't been here, come back to the color house. We've changed A, B, and C. Um, so uh, there's just been a, a bunch of different things I've been trying um, to grow that segment, and um, it's been successful. I think the team is is great with customer service and um, what we're offering in the stores. I'm actually currently going through all of the, the SKUs that we have and, and weeding that down even more. So just... I guess every day, just trying to get it a little bit better. Right. The The key with making yourselves attractive to the contractor, I think, is making sure that you have a good selection of the products that they need every day. If mm -hmm. they if they have to come in, if they come into your store five days in a row and, and only get what they want on three of those days, they're not going to come in a sixth day. That is absolutely true. Right. That is absolutely true. I think, you know, we're taking the time to listen. What don't we have? What could we be better at? What are we missing? Like, you know, we're really looking at every um, portion individually. Like we just finished going through abrasives and what do we need? What do we have? What can we change? And just really taking the time to go through all the 2,500 SKUs and make sure what we have is the right offering and adding what we don't have. So that I think has been something that's been really helpful. Yeah. Uh, also. And it sounds to me like some of the residential repaint contractors in your area are still working uh, on, on a pretty regular basis. So that's an advantage for you guys as well. That's not happening in a lot of the United States. Right, right. That is, you know, I know that in some states, um, all the commercial business got shut down. And again, that didn't happen here. People are being reasonable for the most part. And, and it's good. It's a positive thing, especially now with the weather changing, the guys will go outside and right. they'll just continue to be very busy. So it's good. Right. And so tell me, how has this affected uh, your staff? Uh, you sounds like you've been able to keep five stores open pretty much at will. That that could not have been easy. How, how are you able to manage that? That has probably, for me, been the biggest challenge. Absolutely, the staff. I had, uh, at the beginning, a lot of staff who were out, whether for they decided to self-quarantine or some had health issues, they were concerned. I've unfortunately had some staff members who are older who have decided just to retire earlier because they're concerned about their health, which is all, you know, understandable. Right. That has been my biggest hurdle. Um, and uh, I've had to run stores very lean for a short amount of time. I mean, I've had to be out on the floor. Right. You know, and just mixing paint personally myself. Never so a good day when myself. the boss is mixing no. paint. <laughs> Well, it just makes you realize how, you know, far you got away from when you can't remember what the codes are. The right, game. right, right. I've had that experience. That's why I'm laughing. I've had that experience before. <laughs> yeah, I think we all have. Right. So, but I think it is what it is and you just keep moving forward and it's just a new day and right. you get to the side. Unfortunately, now I have the team back and made some changes and brought on some new team members and I'm kind of in the thought process that change can be positive. So that's kind of where we are, but most definitely the staffing was my biggest hurdle. Yeah, without a doubt. I've heard that from a Over lot of people. Days. <laughs> yeah, and and so uh, you kept your entire staff in place through this whole thing. You you stayed relatively busy. You didn't have any state mandated closures. 
I did not. The only thing I did do for a short window, maybe two or three weeks, I can't remember. I slightly reduced my hours. I'm generally 6.30 to 5.30 Monday to Friday. I went 7.30 to 4.30, uh, and I'm 8 to 5 on Sundays, but I actually last week went back to my standard hours. Right. And so when are you doing some of the new things that have to happen now, like the disinfecting and, and probably training? Funny. And training just of your staff on how to, you know, stay socially distant, how to, where to keep customers in the store. Where are you making the time to do that? So that I've been doing since day one with emails. I send team emails out to my whole entire team on a regular basis. Then I send separate ones out to my management team on a regular basis. So they're constantly getting updates on, you know, uh, every Monday they're getting a, a manager email with what, you know, could be sales goals. If I go to the store, what do I see that needs to be worked on? And then I'm always putting something in there about COVID procedures and make sure your team is doing A, B, and C and just gentle reminders of what needs to happen. But they're all really great. Everyone's well aware of what the policies are. And, right. You know. and have you had to make any physical changes? Have you put up any barriers or anything no, like that? Have not. That is not required in Rhode Island. It's very fortunate. And yeah, I'm. If I don't have to do that, I I really don't want to be putting those up on my POS. So. Yeah, you're very fortunate in New York, and I'm in Fairfield, Connecticut, and so the uh, New York City and Fairfield County and Westchester County, which is the next county over from us in New York, have have just been terribly hard hit. And as a result, when you go into any store, really anywhere, everything is behind plexiglass now. There, really? there's yeah there's no store that i'm aware of that you can walk into and i'm not i'm not traveling far this this area is still a little on the hot side it, right. it is coming down i'm happy to say and we are starting to breathe a little bit but it's it's been a rough couple of weeks and so we're not going out much but still you have to go to the post office there's a few things in life that yep. you, you need food uh there's a few things in life you can't get around and uh yeah there's no stores that i'm aware of around here that don't have the plexiglass and of course everybody wearing masks and in addition to that they're even doing uh specialty hours around here uh so uh elderly in in cvs and in the supermarkets the elderly can go in the first two hours of the day yeah we have something similar to that with the markets for the elderly i think right. it's like an hour window in the morning but right. haven't mandated the plexiglass it's a suggestion and Rhode Island actually just last weekend opened up all retail. Oh, that's great. Oh, a week from yesterday, they're actually opening restaurants for outdoor seating. So we're, you know, showing the decline and we have for a while. Right. Now. You guys are a little ahead of us, it sounds well, like. Yeah, we're a little ahead. Yeah. So, um, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's time to put all of this behind us and get yeah, back to work. Back up, yeah. Sure. So yeah. tell me, tell me, what was the future? Let's let's sort of put COVID in the rearview mirror, at least temporarily. And and I understand it may have changed your plans by six months or a year. But what is the future uh, holding for the Color House? So the future for me really is to focus on the WBE and the industrial and commercial sales. That's where um, you know right now I'm going through re-merchandising all of my stores and and doing a few cosmetic projects that need to be completed, but the focus is really outside commercial industrial and, and seeing how I can use that WBE certification to to the advantage and, and see what I can do to grow that right. going after you know bridge projects, water tanks. So, do you have thoughts of bringing on a, a NACE certified uh, uh, employee to handle that some of that business? Yeah, that's definitely the conversation that is starting to happen. And, you know, this has put us back a little bit. I thought we'd be a little bit more for it. But, you know, now that things are turning, I think it'll open back up and you, we just got to get out there and, and 
get the connections with the right people and get the conversation started. So, so people are aware that I'm here and I can do this, offer this for them. And right. And, and it's a different look for them, for the consumer. It's, it's different way to see the color house. And so that's going to take some time and, and be an adjustment right. Uh, right. for the people that you're calling on. But if you're doing a good job uh, and you're staying in front of them, they'll, they'll make that adjustment. Right. I agree. I think it's getting the word out, getting the foot in the door and yep. then, you know, the right people on the right projects. And it could really be something that's really positive. So when I first got into the business, I also uh, decided to uh, add industrial and we added uh, at the time, Benjamin Moore had an industrial, like a real industrial. And, yeah. and, and also we had added some of the other ones. We were a PPG dealer and mm-hmm. it did very well. I was very happy with it. We had an outside sales rep and, and the sales were growing and I was very pleased. And then I invested personally, myself, in the NACE uh, program over, I guess I took it over about a year and a half or two years. And mm-hmm. I have to say, once I was NACE certified, that business exploded. Really? Yeah, that it, is- it yeah. exploded. Because when when you're NACE certified, you're automatically the expert in the room. There's just not a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, I found that that gave me an enormous advantage, particularly uh, in an area where a lot of times the dollars are very big uh, mm-hmm. on the on the price per gallon, and so it it does reach a point often where it's not really about the price, more so in industrial than in uh, commercial. It's really not about the price; it's really about the expertise of the person speaking to me right now. Absolutely, I I appreciate that feedback. Like I said, it's a conversation that we have been having and. And not just on the coatings, but I'm also looking at making sure we have the correct certifications for, you know, the person installing window treatments because right. I also have a strong design side of the business and getting into the commercial sales for, you know, blinds for whatever type of situation. So um, just making sure I have everything lined up that I would need to really grow that portion of the color house. And, it, and it's a whole new, a whole new opportunity yeah. that... Know, I'm learning about every single day, um, but it, I think it's exciting to, to do new things and and why not? It is exciting, yeah. And so that actually was a good entree into the the last segment I wanted to talk to you about. Is tell me a little bit about your designer business, and then I'll let you go. We sell um, wall covering, window treatments, fabrics, all types of uh, whatever anyone's looking to really finish the home. And I have a wonderful woman who handles that for me. She's extremely qualified, very professional. She just does a great job of doing all of that portion of the business for me. And she works in all five of your stores by appointment or how does that work for you? So we have a really great vote system we put in on the phone. So it doesn't matter what store you're calling. There's always an option to get to the interior design phone and yep. she'll she'll wherever she needs to be rhode island's a very small state as right. you know right so right it's all over the state wherever she needs to be and does um in home or in store we we charge differently for the consultations but we do charge for consultations in store or in home mm-hmm. because i feel like if they want her one-on-one even in the store they should be paying for her time because otherwise i'm sure you've had situations where people will just take up an hour to pick you know a sample pint right so we put a stop to that 
but she does a fantastic job. She's very organized and, and I'm fortunate to have her on the team. Right. So and, have- and she so- brings in, she acts as almost like a salesperson for you Absolutely. as well. She's bringing in business in addition to uh, helping customers in the store. Absolutely. Yes. She, she's out selling or, you know, where, she's wherever she needs to be. Um, and, it, and it's great with the state having such a small footprint. It's very easy to get from top to bottom. Right. And how has that business been during the coronavirus outbreak? I, I have heard that that business has slowed down a lot. It has. It has. We were really, you know, cruising along and, and then it had a it kind of got hit and slowed down. But now it's picking back up uh, the last week or so. There's been more calls for people looking for blinds and new right. projects, new homes. And so she's she's been quite busy this week. And and that's a portion that really kind of got destructed, and I'm, and I'm rebuilding it because there were a lot of things that needed to be addressed. Um, so I kind of stripped it down, and so I brought her in, and and if it grows more, then I'll bring someone in else to help her. But right now, you know, she's able to handle it and, and doing a really fantastic job. So. Well, Jean, it sounds like as we come out of this, you are well positioned to take advantage in a lot of ways as the economy rebounds. And and I wish you the best of luck uh, in doing this. Is there anything uh, I'll give you an opportunity to uh, to say, is there anything that we missed that you wanted to talk about? Anything on no. your mind that? No, I think that's great. And I appreciate, you know, the interview. And um, yeah, I appreciate that, that uh, compliment. But thanks. Yeah, I it's- think. Learning curve for me, but um, I think maybe just having fresh eyes on it, and you know, I brought in a consultant who's been wonderful. Has really had someone who isn't in the industry to come in and look at the the store for the past two years and say, you know, I think it really needs to. We have to forget that we're kind of a paint store, we're a business. What do we need to do to move forward and change and and kind of get away from the old history of it was done like this, or we used to do it like this, or you know, it's it's really more about growing a business and just. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. And particularly that's the case now. Uh, one of the things I've written about in my blog several times is that any significant decision that you've made in your about your business that's much more than four or six weeks old, you should wonder whether or not that is still a valid outcome that you got to. Yes. Right? Because everything has changed. Everything. And I do think that a lot of people in the industry are just kind of on this wheel of it being the same, the same, the same. And I think um, it's not the same. That's and right. It even wasn't the same pre-COVID. It was, it was even different then. And I think, unfortunately, kind of a lot of people are in a rut of just, this is the way it is. It's the paint industry and it only does so much. And, right. and I kind of think, no, I think it can do more. And I think you have to make the changes to, 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 to go in that direction. Some of them are difficult. Yeah, listen, if, if, if you're not sweating, you're not working hard enough, right? <laughs> Very true. I mean, that's what it is when you own a small business. If you can get into bed every night at nine o'clock and fall asleep by 9.03, you're not working hard enough. (laughs) You're definitely not. Right? You have to be able to sit there and lay there and struggle for a little while or don't even call yourself an entrepreneur, you know? (laughs) That's right. That's right. Well, listen, Gene, I really enjoyed the conversation. Gene Hauser, the color house in North Kingston, Rhode Island. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Mark. Me too. So that's our episode for today. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Mark My Words podcast. I'm your host, Mark Lipton, and you can hear this podcast. You can like, subscribe, review this podcast at the Apple Podcast Store, SoundCloud, Blueberry, or on Stitcher.